You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Amen. What a blessing. Very timely. That special was scheduled for last Sunday night, and uh, it was, uh, we thought, uh, it was just overlooked, and it wasn't overlooked, it was that we needed that right now. Uh, there are some families going through it, and God, God knows the time, and so praise the Lord. All right, Nehemiah chapter number 8, and I want you to look again with me at this passage of Scripture. It's a very, uh, it's a passage that is just going to lay some groundwork. I'm going to use it as a springboard. Three years ago, June of 19, uh, I preached this message or a message similar. The main points are the same. I've made some adjustments. Uh, but uh, as we look at this passage, we, we find the, uh, the nation of Israel, they have been in captivity, and then they, in that captivity time, they forgot who they were. As they were moved from their, uh, their homeland to a foreign land, everything changed. The surroundings changed. The culture changed. The gods even changed. And unfortunately, they changed along with it. And here what we find, we find Nehemiah and we find Ezra bringing the people back to who they are. You know, if we allow the culture of our day and we allow our surroundings to impact us in such it, too much, what happens is we change. We change. And you could say, well, I'll never, I'll never forget the Lord. They did. They did. They didn't just quit remembering who the Lord was. They, they embraced the false idols. They embraced the culture. They forgot the things of God. They completely forgot the Word of God. Their children did not even know God's Word. Why? Because they changed. You know, our environment impacts us more than what we think. It has a greater impact on us than we would, we would ever imagine being the case. So Ezra, or I'm sorry, Nehemiah chapter 8, and let's look at verse 8. So they read in the book of the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. So here they're, they found the book, now they're reading the book, and as they're reading the word of God, they're giving the understanding, the sense. They're, they're explaining it distinctly. And Nehemiah, which is the Tershithah, and Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites. The Levites are the ones that were to be in charge of all of the offerings, the things of God, the uh, sacrifices, the service. So that's the Levites. Uh, it says that taught the people and said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord, neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
And you know what? That is the truth. That little phrase right there, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Uh, it's amazing how the burdens of life can be, uh, we, we can find strength to deal with them when we have joy. When we don't have joy, we just get buried. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Uh, so he goes on, so the Levites stilled all the people saying, hold your peace for the day is holy, neither be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and to drink and to send portions and to make great mirth because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. And so uh, Nehemiah and Ezra, they teamed together. Ezra, the scribe, the priest, he was the educated one. He had left Babylon 13 years before Nehemiah had left Babylon. Uh, and, uh, but when Nehemiah got there, things started to happen. Nehemiah was a doer. He was a doer. You know, information and knowledge alone is empty. Here we had Ezra, and Ezra the priest, the scribe, he, he, had, he had the truth. But if nothing is done with the truth, you stay in the same condition. And here you have these two teaming together, uh, and so they're working together. I am a doer. I'm not the educated one, I'm, uh, but I'm the doer. Uh, and, you know, here you, you look at these two working together and uh, you find something great that is accomplished. Uh, the people are given hope. Purpose is given to the people that they can live for. A plan is established uh, for them, the rebuilding of the wall. And now the priests get up uh, for the preaching, the prayer, and they start moving forward, renewing their commitment to the Lord. You know what? It's a lot better to, uh, to keep your commitment than to have to renew it. It's better to keep things right than to try to figure out how to get things right. And here as they are in this position, this place, they're trying to get things reestablished in their life. And, uh, and with that, uh, just, just seeing uh, what took place during that period of time, it was a 70-year period and that Babylonian captivity, it encompasses much of the Old Testament, revolves around it, looking to it or looking back, the references that are there. And we see all the damage that was done in that time of being out of their place and being out of the blessings of God. Now, we are entering into summer. We're entering into summer. I am going to liken summer to Babylon. Because something happens in summertime and people forget their faith. It happens over and over and over again. And with that, we think, oh, it's just vacation. You know, vacation is not three months. It's not three months. Now, I, I am game to try one for that long. But no, vacation is a week, a couple of weeks, three weeks maybe. But we're not talking about we're not talking about a vacation where a 
person, an individual, a family takes a break from God. You know, you're on vacation, go to church. Amen. All right, we've got uh, Caleb back here. And praise the Lord. He hit the ground here for training. And as soon as, I mean, the next day he was in church. You know, praise the Lord. He's been here, he's been here more faithful than some of our people. What a blessing. Showed up for men, men, uh, men's boys breakfast. And then he and Stephen stayed along with some other men. And they worked up on this roof and put plywood up and got a lot of work accomplished. And he's stationed in Italy. You know, uh, vacation is great. And he's not on vacation. He's here training. Uh, but, you know, vacation is great. But when you're on vacation, we don't take vacation from God. You know, churches are hurt. Families are damaged over and over again because of this thing called summer. And tonight I'm going to give you about 12 things. Uh, more than that, there'll be a lot of other principles that are brought in. But I want to just help us. Uh, I want to help us so we don't, we don't get to the end of summer and have no relationship with the Lord. We don't get to the end of our summer and our kids don't, they haven't been in church all summer. That happens. And it happens to good families. And it's unintentional. It's not that anybody says, you know what, I'm just going to leave God this summer. Nobody gets up and says that. But it happens. And so tonight, I just want to, I just want to, we're going to take a walk. Brother Hiles used to say that. We're not going to really go anywhere. We're just going to take a drive. Do you ever do that? You just get in the car and drive and look around and see some sights and talk. Uh, right now with the price of fuel, you might not want to do that too often. Uh, but uh, Deb and I, we do that. Our family growing up, well, I would take the kids. We just jump in the car. We take a drive. We go down the road, uh, see a road that we had never been down before. We'd take a drive down that road just to see what that is there. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, tonight we're not go really having a, a uh, we're not get going just uh, going anywhere. I just want to help us uh, see some things that'll, uh, that'll just be a blessing and, and help us as we endeavor to serve uh, the Lord. And so uh, tonight I want to speak to you on the subject, how to have a successful summer. How to have a successful summer. Father, uh, help us tonight. Bless our people. Thank you for their faithfulness. Uh, there are those that are here and present and others that are watching online, unable to be here. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would put a hedge of protection around all of us individually, uh, our families, our homes, uh, our ministries. And Lord, help us as we endeavor to serve you. Uh, give us uh, the ability to, to have wisdom and insight and develop some principles that will help us uh, to have a, a good summer, to be able to uh, stay faithful to you. And so I pray that you'd bless for Christ's sake. Amen. All right, so two months of summer, and for many churches, many believers, it's two months of weak attendance, faltering faith, low offerings, uh, taking a break from the Lord, loss of outreach and forward momentum, uh, backsliding uh, members, uh, new believers becoming disenchanted because the people that have been faithful and were leaders, all of a sudden they look around and they're not there. 
you know what? Your testimony matters. Uh, and your, your absence states something. And when we are not where we are supposed to be, it impacts other people. Uh, and when, when the house is full, it's encouraging. But when it's not, it's a little discouraging, isn't it? You look around and you feel like, where's everybody at? Are we by ourselves? Well, that's, that's not the reality. Uh, we're not by ourselves. But sometimes, uh, just, just with people are not being faithful, they're not where they need to be, it has an impact. Now, I'm not saying don't take vacations. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, I'm just saying we've got to be on guard so that we don't allow uh, the entire summer to become a vacation away from the Lord. Uh, and so how to have a successful summer. Uh, and uh, so uh, we're going to look at some focuses that will help us uh, have a good summer uh, individually in our own personal development and our own spiritual development. Uh, so what, what are some things we can do? First of all, uh, number one, study. Study. Read your Bible this summer. Amen. Stay in the book. Uh, don't forget the book. Uh, don't, don't get to a place where we just allow it to be something that we leave on the coffee table or uh, it's something that we bring to church with us. And yes, bring your Bible to church with you, all right? It is encouraging to other people. There's something about the book. Now, I, I, use, I use devices. You see, you see that. I am not against devices. Uh, but having your Bible, uh, it is, there's something about the book. Uh, and uh, just just having those words and uh, being able to jot those notes in it, uh, but study uh, Romans ten seventeen. So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And our faith will not grow if we are not hearing the word of God. We've got to, we've got to stay in it. And when we are reading the word of God, that's and studying the word of God, that is building our faith. It's building our faith. Deuteronomy 6, 5, he said, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down and when thou risest up. If you are not in your Bible, you can't teach your kids. If you're not in your Bible, you're not going to talk about the Bible. You've got to, you've got to stay in the book. Stay studying. Stay, stay in your Bible. Read your Bible. Uh, adults and teenagers and children, uh, parents, have a time for your kids to read the Bible. Read with them if they can't read yet themselves. But if they are of age to read, uh, encourage them uh, to read their Bible. Uh, and as you are studying your Bible, uh, what are some things that we can do to help us as we're studying, uh, uh, as we're reading it? Uh, you want to look for something out of your Bible as you're reading it. Don't just read words. All right? We've all done it. There have been times when I've read through a chapter and thought, what in the world did I just read? And I'll go back and I'll read it again. And there have been times I've read a chapter three times, uh, and it was, it was because I could not get my mind focused on what I was reading. 
and I'd start to read, and then I'm thinking about, oh, I need to get this done, and I, oh, I got this coming up, and this appointment, and, and all of a sudden, you end up grabbing your, your day timer, your, your, uh, your calendar, your schedule, you pull it up, you look at it, and then you're like, oh, yeah, what was I doing? I was reading my Bible, and you got to go back. Uh, you know, if we are going to get something out of our Bible, then we got to make sure that we are, we are paying attention to it. Study it. Uh, so uh, as, you're, as you're looking for something out of the Bible, who is talking? Find out who's talking. Who are they talking to? So as I'm reading, I'm, I'm looking for who's talking. Who are they talking to? What are they talking about? You see, we have to have a sense of what's being read. And here, what are they talking about? What is the purpose of this conversation? What's the purpose of what is being written to these individuals, the groups that are being addressed? Uh, what's the purpose of that conversation? Are they to continue doing something? Is it an encouragement to continue? Is it an admonition to quit? You know, we need, we need to be looking for that. That's what makes things come alive. And if you are studying the Word of God and you're looking uh, at it, uh, make sure that you're trying to glean something from it. Uh, if they're continuing to do something or to change uh, something, the repentance, uh, what is it if something needs to change? What is it that needed to change? What needed to remain unchanged? And lastly, how does this apply to me? If there is no personal application, it's just information. You know, you, you get your car, you, may, you have a car, a new car to you, maybe it's a brand new car, and you open up the glove box, what's in there? The owner's manual. Does anybody really read those? Brother Jay, he raised his hand, he read them, all right. Uh, Brother Coase, did you read yours? You didn't? Okay, I'm impressed there. All right. Now, you know, there are certain things that are information. It's like, okay, this really, I can figure this out on my own. And if I need some of that detail, I'll go find it. You know, when it comes to God's Word, if we are not reading it to get the information, we are not going to know how to live. We've, we've got to study the Word of God, and uh, we want to make sure that we are growing. So if we're going to have a successful summer uh, study, number two, sing. Sing. There's something about singing. Just, just that, that song that we just had, Brother Stephen and Brother Christy, what a blessing. My soul was stirred. I was helped. I was encouraged. Uh, singing praise to the Lord. Revelation 4.11, I sing that passage of Scripture more than any other passage. Uh, it, it, is, it stirs my soul. It connects me to the Lord. Uh, we need to sing. We need to have uh, good singing. Ephesians 5.19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your hearts, to the Lord. And you know what? If we are going to have a good summer and we are going to protect ourselves, uh, what do we need to do? We need to have a song. We need the amount of doctrine that is in our hymn book is unbelievable. 
Uh, I, am, I am positive that the songbook probably taught me more as a new believer uh, than the, pulp, the messages coming out of the pulpit. It was all of the doctrine that was coming in that I didn't even realize was doctrine, and then it would be taught, and it was like, oh yeah, and you think about these songs and how they apply and they tie together. Uh, it is amazing, and we need to sing. Uh, get some good music playing. This summer, uh, if you've got kids in the home, get Patch the Pirate. Get Patch the Pirate. Maybe if you don't have kids, get Patch the Pirate. It is great, wholesome music. It is instructional. It's godly. Uh, it, it, will, it will help the kids. It, there's something about music playing, and I'm not talking about any music. I'm not talking about the I'm not talking about the uh, uh, the Christian rock that just stirs the 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 beat that that hits the flesh. I'm talking about good, godly, spiritual music that's going to stir your soul. And having good music is vital. Uh, sing. Uh, so uh, don't just don't just uh, uh, listen to some music. Sing. Sing along, learn the words. Uh, and when you're in church, sing. It, it changes the spirit of the service. The services where our people sing, there is just a, there is a spirit that's there, uh, and it just draws everybody's hearts heavenward. That's, uh, that's a reality. Uh, and so sing. Uh, so study, sing. Uh, I got 12. So uh, number three, smile. Smile. Psalm 511, but let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. Uh, Psalm 1611, thou wilt show me the path of life. In, the pres in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. What do we find? Those that trust in the Lord, they rejoice. I'm rejoicing. You can't rejoice without smiling. It's, it just, the rejoicing is going to put a smile on your face. You know, uh, you say, well, I'm just, I'm just not that person. I just don't smile. Well, be that person. Be that person. Years ago, I don't know how long ago it was, 15 years Maybe, maybe 20 years ago, Brother Mutchler, uh, one time he, we were talking, uh, and I was an associate pastor at the time since then, and uh, he told me, he said, Brother Kerry, smile. Smile. I am a, a on-point person. I am, I'm ready to go. I'm looking for, and if I'm not careful, I can just go task, 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 task. And I, it's not that I'm unhappy. I'm just, I'm focused. I got something I'm going to get done. Lead, lead follower, get out of the way, but let, we're, going to, we're going to get something done. And, you know, with that, he told me, he said, you need to smile. I put it on my prayer list, smile. It's a daily reminder that I need to smile. You know what? You put a smile on your face, you are approachable. You're approachable. No smile you're not approachable. People wonder, okay, something wrong? Isn't that true? 
Because you do that to other people. You look at them, oh, wonder if something's up. You don't look happy. She doesn't look happy. And if she don't look happy, definitely leave her alone. All right? No, uh, the reality is we need, to, we need to have joy. And if we're going to have joy, there's going to be a smile. Uh, so here, those that trust in the Lord, rejoice. That is the response of those that trust in the Lord. They are rejoicing. If I am not rejoicing, then what is that saying? There is an inverse there. It means that I am not, I am not trusting the Lord. So I need to, I need to rejoice. Uh, and he said, they that trust in the Lord shall shout for joy. Uh, what is that? That's an expression. Our joy ought to be expressed. Other people ought to see that we have joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. All right, so, so study, sing, smile. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's go on. Uh, all of these start with, with S. Uh, number four, celebrate. <laughs> all right, you caught it. Uh, I almost wrote with an S up there uh, just, just to see uh, what everybody else thought there. But celebrate. Uh, we, we need to celebrate our faith. You know, Leviticus 23, 32, it shall be unto you a Sabbath of rest, and ye shall afflict your souls in the ninth day of the month at even, from uh, even unto the, uh, from even unto even shall ye celebrate your Sabbath. And he's referring to the Sabbath of the Day of Atonement, celebrating the fact that our sins are forgiven. You know what? That's something we're celebrating. Gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. What a blessing. Uh, celebrate it. Uh, Isaiah 38, 18. For the grave cannot praise thee, neither can death. Uh, death, uh, I'm sorry. For the grave uh, cannot praise thee, death cannot celebrate thee. They that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy presence. Uh, and here we just see that uh, those that are dead... They're not praising the Lord. We've got that opportunity right now to praise Him. And let's do so. Uh, let's celebrate our faith. Um, number five, share your faith. Share your faith. John 15, 16, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may uh, give it you. Uh, we just need to share our faith. Uh, Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Uh, where? In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uh, under the uttermost part of the earth. What is it? That we need to be sharing our faith. These, these are things that will help set us up to have a successful summer. If I'm sharing my faith and I'm studying the Word of God and I'm singing the songs of God and I'm celebrating the blessings that God has given me, the forgiveness of sins, celebrating my salvation, uh, it's going to help keep me on track. These, these are things that will help uh, cause us to stay where we need to stay. Telling people about the Lord is important. Uh, and if being a Christian is so good, and it is, and if being a child of God is good, and it is, 
then don't we want other people to have that? Share your faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There's something about you sharing your faith with somebody else that causes your faith to grow. Because what are you doing? You are just giving your testimony. You are telling other people about what God's done in your life. And you start talking about it yourself. You hear it. uh, And now all of a sudden that encourages you. So share your faith. Why would we be embarrassed or hesitant about sharing our faith? Is God embarrassing? That's an honest question. There have been times where I did not share my faith because I was embarrassed. You know, we've, we've got to make sure that we are, we are telling other people. It's called the Great Commission. It's not just an idea that is put out there if we'd like to try. It's, we're commissioned to tell other people. We're commanded to tell other people. So uh, share your faith. Number six, we're halfway there. I'll hurry. All right, say amen. amen. Say amen. There's something about an amen in a service that helps the service. You know what that does? That encourages the pastor that he is not all by himself. There are times where I will say things that are hard things to say, and if nobody else responds, I wonder, do they not, do they not believe what I just said? You, you need to say amen for yourself. It's not just for the encouragement of the pastor. It is so you can reaffirm what you agree with. There are things that I agree with that I don't like. But I know it's right. And with that, I need to make sure that I am agreeing with this, what is right. And not only does it impact my own faith in helping myself make that declaration that I agree, and that's what amen is saying is I agree, uh, but also it's telling other people around you that you agree. Do people know where you stand in your faith? If you never say amen, they don't know. Amen. You know what? I'm not worried about ladies saying amen. Amen. I mean, when we look through Scripture, uh, all the people, go to Deuteronomy 27, 17. Uh, and here we'll read down uh, t- to verse uh, 26 as well. Uh, Deuteronomy 27, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy uh, 27. And I want you to circle uh, all the amens. Uh, Deuteronomy 27, 17. Cursed be he that removeth his neighbor's landmark, and all the people shall say, Amen. Amen. Cursed be he that maketh the blind to wander out of the way, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that perverteth judgment of the stranger, fatherless, and widow, and all the people shall say, 
Amen. Cursed be he that lieth with his father's wife, because he uncovereth his father's skirt. And all the people shall say, Amen. Uh, Cursed be he that lieth with any manner of beast, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that lieth with his sister, the daughter of his father, the daughter of his mother, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that lieth with his mother-in-law, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that smiteth his neighbor secretly, and the people shall say, Amen. Uh, Cursed be he that confirmeth not all the words of this law to do them, and all the people shall say, Amen. It is just that affirmation, and God's people need to be in agreement with what God says. And not only do we need to be in agreement, we need to proclaim that agreement. They shall say, Amen. Amen. It is something that should be coming out. Uh, It is an agreement with the truths that are being taught, and it is important for you uh, to make that declaration of where you stand and what you agree with. It is important for your children. It is important for those that you have influence over. It is important for other church members that are there, new believers that are coming in. If a new believer comes in and the preacher preaches a hard message and everybody stays quiet, they're going to think nobody believes that but him. But when people say amen, they're like, wow, everybody believes that. Amen. And we need to make those those declarations. Uh, So say amen, especially on Sunday morning. It's easier to say amen on Sunday night. There's a different spirit on Sunday morning. There are more visitors. There are more people that come that don't come any other time uh, during the week. And, and what happens is they are a little bit more reticent, if you would. They're a little bit more reserved. And if God's people who are strong in their faith, if we stay quiet, they don't know what is, they don't know where to, what to grab onto. And it's, it's vital. It's, it's vital for you to make that declaration, especially on a Sunday morning. There are more visitors on a Sunday morning than in any other service. You know, we have a big day or uh, vacation Bible school is coming. Uh, that Thursday night, we will have the presentation for, for VBS. And we'll have all the parents will come. And you know, with that, there are going to be more visitors in the service. You know what? Those times especially, you need to be vocal. You need to be vocal. It's, it's important to be able to help uh, the spirit of the services and just that declaration of what we, we say uh, or what we agree with. Amen. That's right. Come on now. Well, glory. Uh, you know, praise the Lord. Those are, those are things of agreement. Uh, oh, my. That's okay. Uh, help us. But whatever it is, stay engaged uh, in the service. Uh, number seven, stay connected. Stay connected. Hebrews 13, 7. I am not looking to try to get followers. But Hebrews 13, 7 says, Remember them which have the rule over you, have, who have spoken unto you the word of God. What are those next three words? Whose faith follow. 
whose faith followed. You know, as your pastor, you should be following my faith. Amen. Paul said, follow me as I, follow, as I also follow Christ. Paul wasn't trying to get personal followers of himself. But God has placed me here as a spiritual leader for this body of believers. If I am not your spiritual leader, then go to a place and find a spiritual leader. That's the reality. Whose faith follow? If you can't follow the faith and the direction that we're going, you've got to find some place where you can. I know I can't pastor everybody. That's a reality. Brother Callahan and I have had that conversation and other pastors. Uh, we have somebody visit from there. I give him a call. He has, we have somebody visit or he has somebody visit uh, from here. He gives me a call. Uh, and, and we know we can't pastor everybody. And this isn't, a, uh, this isn't a, uh, a place where we say you can't come. You know, the Mormons, did you know that they do that? If you live in whatever district, you can only go to that uh, to that. Uh, uh, Ward is, yeah, the ward that it's called. Uh, you can only go to that ward in that district that you live in. We should start that. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, we don't, we don't deal with a whole lot of church swapping. Uh, but the reality, down south, that is a huge thing. And people will just bounce from church to church to church. And we don't, we don't have that. Uh, but I, if somebody can't be here, I want them to go there. I, I want them to. And I've told Brother Callahan many times, and he has told me the same thing. If there's a family that, I, that can't be here, uh, I want them to be in a church that they can uh, put their roots down and follow that pastor and uh, be a part of that body of believers. believers. But we need to stay connected. And, and with that, uh, we've got to be on the same team as a church. Unity is part of a family. And if there can't be unity, then there has to be some division, some separation. And, and with that, stay, stay connected. Uh, stay connected to the pastor. Amen. You know, I, I want to be connected to you. I do. I pray for you. I pray for you when you're here. I pray for you when you're not here. I pray for you when you're sick. I pray for you when you have needs. And, you know, there's, there is a connection. There is something about, and we, I've seen it over and over again, uh, this, this is, uh, as, as we've served the Lord uh, over the years, we've just seen it. As people start hitting separate doors so they don't shake hands, the hands of the pastor, they don't make eye contact when they walk by, they purposefully turn so there is no connection, they're on their way out. Or they're going to be divisive, one of the two. You know what? If, if there isn't that connection, then we've got, we've got it for a church family. As, as your pastor... For this body of believers, I am going to be involved in everything that goes on. So if you can't work with me, then go find a pastor you can. Amen.
But for those of us, we've got to guard. We've got to stay and guard that connection. Why? Because the devil can use things to create all kinds of problems. You know, a church does not need to be divided. It shouldn't be divided. We don't want it to be divided. Uh, and so stay connected. Uh, stay connected with the pastor. Uh, stay connected to the leadership of the church. Man. Develop relationships with the leadership of the church. I'm thankful for our staff and the team that we have here. Uh, stay connected to the, the leadership. Uh, stay connected uh, with, with the faithful men. I'm thankful for the faithful men that we have, the board of uh, faithful men. Uh, the, the, uh, uh, we don't have a deacon board. We have a, a board of faithful men. Uh, and those men, uh, I'm so thankful for them and their, their leadership and their personal faith and their stability uh, their influence on the believers around. Uh, that is so vital. And develop relationships with them. Uh, stay connected. Uh, I'm so thankful for the lay leaders of our church, men and women. And you know what? Develop relationships. Stay connected. Don't just come in and head out. Because one day you'll head out and you'll not come back in. So stay connected. Those connections are what will help build uh, the relationships that keep us where we need to be. Uh, so number eight, um, serve. Serve. Be engaged in ministry. When we have no responsibility, it causes us to disconnect. Have have place of service. Mark 10, 45, Even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many. If the Lord came to serve, shouldn't we? Serve. Have a, have a place of service. You know, the music ministry could use some help. We could use some more voices in the choir. We could use some more instruments playing. We could use some more, uh, some more children's ministry workers. Amen. I mean, we had uh, multiples call off sick uh, this morning, and that happens. But having people that are there and faithful and able to step in and help, it's huge. Uh, bus ministry could, could use some help. You don't have a place of service. Uh, the care home ministry, Brother David, uh, back at one of the care homes today. And praise the Lord, those are opening back up. Uh, if you were in the care home ministry before, get back in. Those people need you. Those people are lonely. Over COVID, we had so many that we lost. They, they were lost. They didn't, they died without anybody there, no family. What a tragic, a travesty. You know what? Those people just need to be loved on. They need to be loved on. They need somebody to pray with them and sing with them and encourage them. You know, let's have a place to serve. Number nine, sacrifice. Sacrifice. I'm skipping some of the verses. Um, Luke chapter 12, verse 42, the Lord said unto them, 
Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler of all over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall, be, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you uh, that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But, and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men servants and maid servants, and shall eat and drink and be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour when he is not aware, and he will cut him in sunder, and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. Uh, you know, uh, in, our, uh, in our service for the Lord, we also need to be a wise steward. And that wise stewardship involves our giving. Time, talents, treasure. And let's be, let's be faithful. Let's be faithful with our giving. You know, I mentioned it this morning, just the inflation. Inflation is a reality. It's a reality. The cost of goods. You, you ladies, you're going to the store and you're buying groceries. You see those numbers. I don't see them because I don't go to the store. Uh, but uh, uh, I do see the checkbook. Uh, but uh, it, it makes a difference. Looking at the cost of fuel, everything has gone up. You know, just uh, talked to my insurance agent. And uh, one of, our, one of our, our bills went from 700 a year to, uh, to 1,000 a year. Just one bill. And the jumps, it's, re, it's reality. Everybody is dealing with that. You know, we need to be good stewards. And if we are not a good steward in our expenditures, we will find ourselves in a place where we cannot be a good steward in our giving. So let's, let's be faithful. Summertime is a time where churches historically have low offerings. Now, praise the Lord, we've, we've hit budget every week so far this summer. Praise the Lord. But that's purposeful. And, and being a good steward is vital for us to stay, stay right. Uh, we need to give with our tithes and offerings. And uh, if you struggle with your tithes and offerings, set it up electronically. Set it up to where you don't forget. Automatic giving, it works. You know, I don't have to think about writing a check on Sunday or Saturday. It's done. It's just, it's just set up. Now, I know some don't have a, uh, a consistent salary, and so uh, maybe your, your giving changes. Uh, but, but uh, you know, just, just being faithful with the tithes and offerings, it's vital. Uh, missionaries, our missionaries are still on the field in the summer. They're, they're, they can't come home. They can't even get a job on foreign fields. Their visa will not allow them. They cannot live off of the economy. They have to have an a, a income that's coming from stateside. So be faithful with, their, with your missions giving. 
uh, building funds. And uh, right now we've got a big construction project going on. Uh, it is not something that we planned on doing. It's not something that we want to do. Uh, you know, there are some projects that you give to and it's exciting. You know, putting a new toilet in, putting shingles on a roof, there's nothing exciting about that. You're not going to rally the troops together and say, hey, can't you wait till we have this? Uh, no, it's, we've got, we've got uh, three air conditioners down right now. Two air conditioning units is 40 grand. 40 grand. And so we've got two on this side. If you're cold-blooded, sit on this half of the auditorium. Uh, and so uh, that, that helps. Uh, but, uh, you know, there, there, are, there are realities in our, in our giving and just being, being faithful, uh, our sacrifice. Uh, number 10, schedule. Schedule. Schedule is important, especially in summer. Moms, look at me. Summer schedule is vital for your kids. It's vital. Don't let your kids sleep till 10, 11, 12 o'clock. Well, they don't have anything else to do. Then give them something to do. Parent them. Don't let the bed and devices raise your kids. And it's easy. It's easier just to let them sleep because now I don't have to deal with them. I don't have to deal with attitudes. I don't have to deal with I'm bored. Now, I hated that phrase. So when our kids, if they said I'm bored, that meant that dad or mom found work for them to do. Very seldom did our kids say I'm bored. Because all of a sudden there was something, there was work to do. And they, it would come out, well, I'm bored. Oh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Uh, and, you know, it's, uh, but, but attitudes, bad attitudes are the result oftentimes of undisciplined schedule. Have a schedule for your kids. Have a plan. You need a schedule. Don't stay in bed all day. The Bible says to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Uh, there is a time for every purpose. And when there is no purpose, there is idle time. And that is destructive. Live by a schedule this summer. You need a schedule. Your children need a schedule. Plan your work. Plan your days. Uh, uh, with that, uh, you know, have, have a, 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 a reading schedule. And uh, Stephanie uh, has a reading schedule for the boys, and they have to read every day a certain period of time uh, that they are reading. That's, that's important. We're getting ready this next week. Uh, we're going to send out a, uh, uh, a reading program uh, uh, for the kids for the summer. And get that going. Uh, but reading, so important. Uh, and if we allow our kids to develop bad sleep habits over the summer, it's going to be terrible when school starts. See, well, they don't want to get up. I know. I know. But we're, we're training them for life. But Franklin, do you always want to get up? No. No, but you do. All right? Brother Davis, do you always want to get up? 
No. You know, that's, that's a reality. None of us always want to get up. But, but this schedule, there's this thing called work. Do we want our kids to be lazy? No. Teach them to work. Next, 11, screen time. Screen time. Proverbs 31, 27. She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. Talking about the, uh, the, uh, uh, the uh, uh, virtuous woman here. Uh, and you know, uh, she eateth not the bread of idleness. Manage screen time during the summer. Manage your screen time. Don't just waste away the summer looking at a device. And hours on devices, uh, it's not healthy. Uh, YouTube and videos and social media and all the drama, all the filth, all the, uh, the ungodliness that's pr uh, promoted, uh, it, it's, it is not healthy. And so uh, watch your screen time. Uh, and with that, there are many vices that are attached to devices. Pornography. He said, oh, my kids would never. Yes, they will. Oh, I would never. Pornography is as prevalent for females now as it is for males. Well, it's my daughter. She, she won't look. She's a girl. That's not true. We need, we need to be wise as serpents. We need, we need to recognize the dangers that are there and protect our kids. Uh, limit the access of internet for your kids. Limit the access. Turn the internet off after a certain period of time at night. Well, I just have them turn their device off and you believe it stays off. It's not wise. It is not wise. Whether it's a teenager, whether it's the children... Uh, the screen is a cheap babysitter, but it's not a good babysitter. And have, have, have some parameters to help protect yourself with screen time and with what you view. I, over these years since internet has been out, I have never deleted my browsing history. Never. So, oh, I, I got I to delete it so it keeps my device fast. I would rather keep my soul safe than my device fast. I don't delete the browsing history on my computers. I don't de delete it on my, my cell phone. I have somebody else. Brother David is the one that deletes. You have to be, uh, Brother Darren used to be the one that would do it. Uh, you have to have a letter D in your name to be able to, one, to delete, I guess. 
but, uh, you know, I, I've had people over the years when I was back at Bethel, uh, had a lady that would come in and go through all the devices, and she would be the one that would go through mine. One time she said, because well, I was over the, uh, the, the network, and, uh, and so I'd go in, uh, and I would check for the Mingi's devices and, uh, and delete those out, and then I'd, I'd give my devices over, and one time uh, Miss Cringe, she said, oh, no, you don't need to, to do, just go ahead and do yours. I said, uh-uh, I'm not, I'm not checking somebody else and not having somebody check my own. You know, we need to set ourselves up for success. We need that accountability. Lastly, number 12, save. Save. This summer, save. It's vital that we are setting ourselves up to be able to deal with the economic changes that are going on. Uh, we need to save. Uh, Proverbs 22, 3, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. The simple pass on and are punished. So with all the uh, price increases, with the inflation, we need to be wise. Uh, if you have not made adjustments to your budget, you need to make adjustments. And maybe we didn't make adjustments to our budget because we don't have a budget. And if you don't have a budget, you need to meet with, meet with myself, meet with Miss Terry. She is a uh, Ramsey certified uh, financial advisor. Meet with Brother Franklin. He has uh, run all of our financial peace uh, classes, uh, can help set up budgets. Uh, we, we need to make sure that we are setting ourselves up for success. Save. Save. This summer, save. Uh, save and get, get that, uh, uh, get some, uh, put yourself in a financially good spot. Pay off debt. Get out of debt. And uh, don't incur any new debt. Your family doesn't deserve a vacation if you can't afford it. And just because you have a credit card doesn't mean you can afford it. If you can afford it, you can pay for it. Just pay for it. If, if you are using your credit card and you are not paying it off every month, cut it up. Cut it up. It's a hole. Well, I need it for emergencies. I think we have someone called God. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Debt is something that God condemns in the Bible. Now, your house is not a debt. It's an asset. But your car, car's a debt. It's a debt. The groceries that you ate last week, they're a debt. And if we're just putting, putting bills on uh, credit cards and not getting that thing paid off, uh, it is going to bury you. And it's not honest to not pay your bills. It's dishonest. So, so here, what do we need to do? We need to save. Uh, pay off our debt. Don't incur any new debt. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, there are certain certain bills you get into a, a tight spot. Uh, 
that you need to make sure that you pay. Don't miss your rent or your mortgage. Don't miss your rent or your mortgage. Don't miss your utilities. And don't miss your car insurance or life insurance. You say, well, they'll turn my phone off. Well, let them turn your phone off, but don't let them kick your family out. Let's, let's have some, some wisdom. Don't pay your credit card and not pay your, your rent. And I'm not saying not to pay your bills, but if you're in a spot and you're, try, you're trying to just go from paycheck to paycheck, bill to bill, whatever's due, uh, we better be wise enough to see which ones need to be paid and which ones I can deal with later. And with that, get some financial advice. And there are a lot of people that'll help you. There have been times, Miss Brown and I, early years, we were paycheck to paycheck. And the, the statement, Rob Peter to pay Paul, it was just whatever came in went out. And that, that is not a great place to live. But when we, when, we change our, when we change our spending habits, we can have that thing called financial peace. And financial peace is something that many here tonight, we don't just talk about, we live it. Biblical principles, they work. They work. And right now, as I said, going into a time of economic uncertainty, we need to be paying things off. We need to make sure that uh, we've got emergency funds set up uh, and really uh, paring back our budget so we are uh, not going to find ourselves upside down. So here, these are, these are some things, just some uh, points that will help us stay where we need to stay. How to have a successful summer. Let's, let's get to the end of the summer and still be here. Let's get to the end of the summer and still have our faith and living our faith. Let's get to the end of the summer and having grown instead of having backslidden. Uh, so how to have a successful summer. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the principles that are here. And uh, Lord, just things that we have learned over the years. I pray that you would help all of us uh, to grow. Uh, use us, please. Put a hedge of protection around our people. Uh, Lord, may you just continue to work in our midst. And help us this summer to be a, a ministry, a church family, uh, that, Lord, we are, uh, we are growing in our faith and we are impacting our community and our world with the gospel. And so help us uh, to stay faithful to you. So bless now, invitation, speak to hearts for Christ's sake. Amen. Let's stand together as the instruments play. If the Lord spoke to your heart tonight, uh, you respond. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.